Hello and welcome to the Ghosts and Folklore podcast. I'm Mark Rees, and on each episode, I investigate a different, weird, and wonderful subject. And on this episode, we are all going on a ghost tour around a manor house which the National Trust describe as their most haunted property in Wales and their fourth most haunted property in all of the UK. And that is Newton House in Deneva. Yes, we are going to hear an actual live recording from a real-life ghost tour which took place at Newton House on Halloween on Norse Kalangayev itself, October the 31st. And if you choose to believe what is on this recording, if you choose to believe what your ears can hear, then we did indeed capture some rather peculiar and potentially paranormal activity. Now, there's a lot, a heck of a lot, to squeeze into this episode, so I won't waffle on too long now, but I should just explain that the sound quality on this episode is a little bit up and down, because, frankly, I wasn't expecting to use it to make a podcast. But what happened on that ghost tour was just so good, I just thought I have to share this with everyone. So, as I explained on the last episode of this podcast, and if you haven't listened to that yet, be sure to go back and check it out afterwards. But as I explained, my good friend Ronnie, who is a wonderful tour guide at Newton House, the best spooky tour guide in all of Wales, she dropped me a message to say that she was running some late night after dark ghost tours there this year in the build-up to Halloween during which she would be telling some accounts from other members of staff and visitors who had experienced spooky things there recently. So I went along and recorded the events purely for my own research. Ronnie has helped me out in the past with some accounts, like in my most recent book, Paranormal Wales, and I thought these new tales might come in handy for a future book at some point. But as I was recording, something happened. And, spoiler alert, then something else happened, and then something else happened, and I just thought, thank God I'm recording this, because this really will make an excellent episode. Now, to set the scene that night, that Halloween night, the weather was absolutely atrocious. Even by Welsh standards, it was the worst rain I've seen in a long, long time. It was, as we like to say around here, tipping down. It was wetter than wet, and the driving conditions were pretty tricky. It was already dark by five o'clock. There were roads closed. There were roads flooded. There were lanes on the motorway shut. Uh, At one point, driving over an exposed bridge was the most nerve-wracking thing I've ever done. Never mind ghosts. Just driving in this weather was terrifying. And I finally reached the destination in darkest Carmarthenshire. And the final stretch is along this long, winding, tree-lined road covered autumn leaves. There's no street lights, so all you can see is what is illuminated by the front beams of the car. 
There was no people. There was no sounds. Well, except for the rain. And it did feel remote and dark and creepy until that majestic grade two listed Jacobean house came into view. Now, if you aren't familiar with Newton House, it is indeed a big, spectacular National Trust property, a big, fancy mansion house. And to put things into perspective, it stands in the middle of a medieval deer park. This is the kind of place we are talking about, and it looks like it would be perfect for an Agatha Christie murder mystery. There's dining rooms and smoking rooms and servant quarters and the rest of it. And on top of all of that, it also has a reputation for being extremely haunted. Now, luckily, I wasn't there alone. There was me. Waiting inside were about two dozen brave members of the public who had signed up to the tour. And as well as Ronnie, the guide, there was also her colleague, Bridie, who was in charge of safety. And the way it worked was Ronnie led the tour at the front. Bridie was at the back of the tour to make sure nothing went wrong. And then I was loitering somewhere in the middle recording the whole thing. Now, as I mentioned previously, this was the third night of three ghost tours at Deneva. This was the final night, and Ronnie did tip me off at the start that things had been happening on the previous two nights that nobody working there could explain. Now, obviously, they wanted it to be a bit, a bit fun and a bit spooky because people had paid to go on a ghost tour, but there were things going on that should not have been going on. For example, some people felt a choking sensation in certain rooms, which did connect with some very old legends associated with the property. Somebody felt their hoodie being pulled, the hood at the back of their top. In other places, there were icy cold spots, and they even filmed what appeared to be, to me, a rocking stick hanging from a shelf swinging back and forth of its own accord. So, with this in mind, I was slightly ready, slightly hopeful that I might pick something up on my recordings. But finally, before we begin, as mentioned, this recording was never intended to be a podcast episode, so the quality is a little bit up and down. But what I've done is, if things do get a bit confusing. I'm going to drop my voice in throughout to explain to you what's going on. So when things get a bit crazy at times, bear with me. It will make sense, I promise. And the second reason it's a bit up and down is because, another spoiler alert here, there is a lot of screaming. There's a lot of jumping. There's a lot of nervous laughter going on. And for the first time ever, <laughs> I've had to use beeping sound effects because there is some, let's call it, colourful language, which isn't quite appropriate for this family-friendly all-ages podcast. So there are some not-so-subtle beeps as well. And with that, it's nearly time to start, but with that, I would like to make clear that what I am presenting to you, I am doing so as an impartial observer. I am not saying what happened was paranormal, and I am not saying what happened was not paranormal. Let's just say I'm putting it out there, putting it out into the world, and you, dear listener, can make up your own minds as to what you think was going on. And so, 
if you're sitting comfortably to begin at the beginning. Our ghost tour starts in the dining room. That's the first big room you get to as you enter the house. And it's where we hear a tale or two about Walter Reese. Now, Walter Reese was the last aristocratic owner of the house. He might even be a distant relation of mine with that surname. And as Ronnie is about to explain, his ghost is often mistaken for that of the butler because he is sighted downstairs in the servant quarters. But they know it was Walter and not the butler because they have a portrait of Walter and this ghost looks just like the portrait. But I will now hand you over to the expert to tell the tale. And our ghost hunt in Newton House begins in five, four, three, two, one. Now there's a few tales about Walter Reese and why we think he gets confused with the butler. I mean, you probably heard on Most Haunted they call the butler Walter. Yes, no, that's not correct. A lot of people assume that butler must, the butler must be called Walter because they see the spirit downstairs and they say Walter was downstairs. But no, Walter is Walter Reese. The butler is Mr. Trussler. Two different people. We've got a collections manager called Kevin who he doesn't believe in anything like this. He likes to think of reasons why this sort of thing can't happen. One morning when he was here downstairs, he was uh, walking about, checking and opening up, and it was about 8am and there was no one in the building. He was opening up. And just downstairs in the corridors, which we'll be walking through later on, he saw the back of a man in a tweed suit, a brown tweed suit, who was winding his way through the corridors. And obviously Kevin went after this man to try and ask him what he was doing in the building and how he got in for a start. But as he walked through the corridors, this man was always two or three footsteps ahead of him. And when he turned the last corner, the man was gone. Well, Kevin was well confused. And he is easily confused, we have to say. And when he came up here, he was a bit shocked to see the man who was in here, the man whose picture you've seen just now out there, looked remarkably similar to the man downstairs in the crumpled brown suit. This character of Walter, in life, used to welcome people to his house. Um, he was very proud showing off this place. He was the first person to change his name from Rice to Reese. He was very happy to live here and very happy to welcome. In fact, he had his 21st birthday here. A birthday that was organised by Mr. Trussler, actually. So, yes, they did know each other. It is said that he still walks this house to welcome all new visitors in. Yes. We had a cleaner called Pauline who was here for many years. Pauline loved this place as well. In fact, we had to force her to retire last year. Um, she didn't want to go herself. I, I've got a feeling she'll be a Mr. Truster when, you know, we won't talk about that. <laughs> but one morning, she was also here really early. She got in earlier than Kevin. She arrived before 6 a.m. Sometimes it was dark in the morning when she got here in the winter. And one morning as she was in here, she saw the figure of a man outside. 
So she went to investigate, because obviously, as you've seen, we lock the gates at night and people can't possibly come in unless they jump the gates. And outside, she saw the figure of a man wearing what she describes as a vintage brown suit with a vintage style about him. And Pauline being Pauline, she just kind of waved and said, hello, Walter, and carried on. Now, Pauline also relates to the room next door. And as you find out, she doesn't scare very easily. So if you'd like to follow me. So that's Walter Reese in the dining room. But now we are going to move deeper into the house into the drawing room or the ladies room as it's known where we get our first real taste of something potentially supernatural going on because as you'll hear a ghost is said to sit in the lap of those who sit in a certain spot in the room and to test this theory Ronnie will carry out an experiment on some unsuspecting volunteers it is nice, isn't it? <laughs> Somebody said this is my favourite room of the house, actually. Do come right in. We've got plenty of room in here. If you need to sit down at any point, you can feel free, okay? So, yes, this is my favourite room in the house, actually, is the drawing room. This is the room where all the ladies would come to, all the men uh, would stay in the dining room and have some brandy and cigars. As you'll find out, Walter was quite uh, fond of cigars. And all the ladies would come in here into the dining room where we would, uh, drawing room, sorry, where we'd probably have some brandy and, you know, have a little gossip. Whatever happens in this drawing room stays here generally. Now, when I first came to the house, it was around 2018, and there used to be a circle of chairs here. Um, they were ladies' chairs, they were all alone chairs in a circle. And the room was dressed as if people would just be ready to have afternoon tea. Just about here, there was a chair that was slightly different, a chair that was slightly higher than all the other low chairs, a winged back chair. Now, there's a reason for that. There's nothing supernatural in it, but it is a bit awful. The chair was a gentleman's chair, and they used to build the gentleman's chair half a foot higher so that a gentleman could look down on the ladies. That's true, that is. You laugh. It's true. <laughs> but that chair... We don't know if it's attached to the chair or the position I'm standing in now, in this room, but it is said that whenever people sat in the chair, they would feel somebody come and sit in the chair with them. There would be an icy coldness and the pressure of somebody in the chair. This is the general area where that chair was. If anyone wants to volunteer, to see if anything happens in the chair. You're more than welcome. Go on, you look like you wanted to. It's a bit like bidding here. If we do something like that, that will be chosen. We can all stand quite still. You can breathe, don't hold your breath. Now, at this point, a volunteer takes their place in that 
chair, and it's a bit hard to work out what they're saying because I was pointing the mic at Ronnie rather than the person in the chair. But just to clarify, they do start by saying that they don't feel right and that they can feel a weight on them. But when they swap chairs, they feel fine again. And in his own words, this experiment was freaking him out. If anyone feels anything, especially you, feel a chill. Or it doesn't feel right. doesn't feel right. No. In, in what way? It's hard to explain. There's, there's more weight. Really? That's very strange. Do you, do you feel like somebody's with you or? I wouldn't say that, but I don't feel as I would expect. It doesn't feel like you're sitting on a chair. No. <laughs> it really doesn't. I'm not, I'm not messing. Let's try another chair in this position to see if you feel any different in this chair. So obviously it is a different style chair. See if what you feel in this chair to see if, if it's the same. And we'll go back to that chair in a minute just to compare the two. Let's try that chair again. I'm not playing tricks here. Yeah. <laughs> How does that feel now you've swapped chairs? Different. Wow. Well, thank you to the lady that's sitting with this gentleman. Thank you for showing yourself to us tonight. You're welcome to carry on sitting there, yeah. but if you want to go and uh, <laughs> sit over there, you can. Does anyone else want to see uh, how it feels for them? You? Yeah, come along then. If we could just... How do you feel in the chair? You feel heavy as well? We'll do the same thing, we'll get this chair out and just compare the two chairs, just to, um, just to make sure. And you're free to examine a chair, I'll, show, I'll shine my torch on it in a moment, just so you can see it's not a trick chair. You want to test that one out and see if that feels normal or if it feels normal. I'll try that one again, and actually before we do it, just to show you, it is a normal chair. Sean, it's from the tea room, isn't it, wherever Sean is? Where are you? Yeah. Yes, Sean and I are working in the cafe and they'll confirm it's one of their chairs. <laughs> yes. Do you want to try it again? It's not a trick chair. Is it still with you or? It is. Really? Thank you for that. You're free to stay there or go. <laughs> but yeah, if anyone wants to come and look at this chair for themselves, just to, just to examine it to make sure that obviously it's not a trick chair. Ira. Am I allowed to try it or I start? Yes, you can try it. And Ira, you can confirm it is. Yeah, this is a team chat, but like, we didn't plan this. I just want to try it. Yeah, we didn't plan this. <laughs> And so, after two people both reported the same sensation in the same spot, 
a member of staff gave it a go to confirm that it was indeed a genuine chair. I checked the chairs myself. I took photos if you want to see them. And I can confirm there was nothing special about either of them. And if you choose to believe it was paranormal in nature, the activity wasn't so much attached to the chair, but to the location. So you could have put any chair on that spot and you still would have felt this heaviness upon you as if somebody is sitting in your lap. Now, at this point, Ronnie directs our attention through the open door to the stairwell to tell us another story. But as she does so, she is interrupted by a strange light that appears on the curtains. And as you'll hear, this early in the night, it's just kind of shrugged off with nervous laughter, assuming it must be local children messing about. But as the night drags on, people's opinions will change. So I mentioned Pauline um, in there. Now Pauline, obviously, she loved this house. She's done all the jobs possible in this house. And her last job was to clean the house, as I mentioned, in the evening. Um, in the morning, sorry. She would get here early, as I mentioned just now. Um, in the mornings when she was hoovering in here, she often looked across there and she would see a child poking the head through the banister as if they were playing peekaboo with her. And she would play peekaboo back to them and speak to the child on the stairs. Um, and she was quite fond of doing that, actually. And every time she did it, she would come and tell us, oh, I, I played peekaboo with the child. Now, Pauline doesn't scare easily. Um, she probably killed me for saying this, but she was in her 60s, wasn't she, Bridie? And she was the type that would listen to gangster rap in the morning. <laughs> so you'd come in and there'd be the ultimate blue language blaring out as she was cleaning. Um, and then she would have this experience there and nothing seemed to faze her. So is that somebody flashing there? What? Did you see that? Yeah. What, three times flashing outside? Where? Can, were you, were, you weren't touching. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it may be somebody outside. What's up there? Well, yeah. It may be children coming up here for a scare. Hopefully. <laughs> anyway, let's move on. Let's move into the uh, stairwell And on that note, we move to the foot of the stairs where the ghost of a child has been seen. And these are quite high stairs because there's quite a few floors in this building. As, as I'm sure you can imagine, it's a very impressive looking winding staircase, which is lined with these eerie family portraits all peering down at us. And as we stand there, at the bottom, ready for another tale, the activity begins to escalate quite quickly. And any strange sounds you hear during this, bangs, even what sounds like a musical toy, they are all coming from the rooms upstairs. Now, Ronnie and those connected with the building 
assure us there is nobody else in there. There is certainly nobody in the floors above. And when you combine these sounds with the fact that people start reporting feeling weak and hot and cold, it all gets a little bit hectic. Now, as I said before, I don't think these spirits are harmful spirits. Um, whoever lurks in this house, they love the house so much, they just want to stay here in their house. They probably wonder what on earth we're doing in their house, to be fair. Do you know what I mean? But all we're doing, spirits, if you can hear us, is we're just talking about you to keep your names alive throughout history. Um, now, as I mentioned, um, that was the stair where Pauline used to see a child playing peekaboo with her. Well, something happened in 2019. It was one of the last tours that we were doing on that day. Um, always after a storm, that's when the house starts to feel strange. So tomorrow, because it's been quite bad today, there'll be a change of atmosphere in the house. Even though it might be sunny outside, there'll be a bit of a change of atmosphere in the house, should we say. Now, one particular day... What was that? It's well, right. Yeah. It's it's it is the door. Um, <laughs> it could be the wind. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> it could be the wind. But it's good we're noticing these things. Yeah. You know, we're sharp to these things happening. Yeah, so we always have the change of the season. The house feels strange, so... One morning, we'd only just opened up, we've got a volunteer called Maya, and I, I've checked with her that it's okay to say the name and tell this story. This is a true story that happened in 2019. I just opened the front door. She, Maya, has been with us since 1996. So she's been with the house since it was open to the public. And she's never seen anything happen with her own eyes. And then this one morning, the first couple that came in, just to see if there's anything in there, yeah? I recommend we do that just to double check. But yeah, as I was saying, Maya, she hadn't seen anything. And it was two people that were the first visitors in of the morning. And Maya likes to talk about this staircase because it is original to the house. This staircase is very old. These pillars aren't. But the actual staircase itself and the plasterwork is from the 1600s. So it's been with the house for a good few hundred years. And some say that the actual oak staircase itself came from a different property. Um, it was meant for a property and they didn't want it, so they put it in here when this was built. Now, Maya was telling the people about the staircase and they looked up and they saw a child done it again, isn't it? No, it's, it's the, it is the We'll have a look when we go past. <laughs> <laughs> Maya said, when she looked up, 
Now, I thought that I got the story wrong at first. I thought it was the visitors saw hands coming through the upper spindles of the staircase, but actually, Maya was the one who saw the hands come through. And when she looked, went to see who it was, because obviously we hadn't been open, it was just two, the first people, two adults. And she went to see what the child was doing on her own. Before she got there, she saw the vision of a child sat on the step, but when she got there, the child was gone. So Maya's a very straightforward woman, uh, very Welsh, and I can tell you some very Welsh words that I've never heard of her life. <laughs> came out of her mouth, and she doesn't swear normally. So that's, that is what happened on the staircase. Um, we will be going up to the next landing. And as we go past the conservatory, I'll open the door and you yourselves can look in to see if yeah, Well, I have to say, uh, things have been stirred up, I think, in this house. Like after the first night, Bridie and I and our manager Holly and there was another manager. Now, at this point, Ronnie guides us up the stairs, and halfway up, there's a door leading off to the conservatory, which is where most people seem to think the banging sounds were coming from. One person thinks they saw the door itself slam, and it's also where those music box sounds might have been coming from. And we pop in quickly to investigate, and there is definitely nobody there. Now, when we reach the top of the stairs, Ronnie tells us another two spooky stories, which I will sum up quickly for you here. And I won't play the whole things for two reasons, really. Firstly, because nothing particularly spooky happened while we were in this spot. And secondly, because I spoke about them on the last episode. So if you would like to know more, again, please go back and check that one out. But the first one concerns a spooky portrait of what appears to be three children. But if you look closely, it is believed two other children have been painted out, have been removed from this portrait because they died in infancy. And the second tale concerns the mummified cat. Yes, it it amazes me every time I tell this one, but the mummified cat, which is buried under the floorboards in Newton House, pointing to the east because it is believed this would protect the house from witchcraft and evil spirits. And while I can't confirm or deny if it does indeed protect the house, nothing particularly spooky happened in that room while I was there. So maybe it does work in that sense because when we went to the next room, things did start picking up again. Now, this is what is known as Lady L's room, and as Ronnie is telling us all about it, an unexpected object rolls along the floor. Can you feel a comment Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to acknowledge that. Is anyone else feeling that? Now, Lady Ellen.
we've just seen here. So has anyone knocked the dummy? Has anyone stood near the dummy and knocked the dummy? So that's a very strange thing that's just happened there. Now, this room is a very strange room. When this property was in the wilderness unit, should we say, it wasn't owned by the trust. We bought it in 1990. It was sold off by the Rice family in the 70s. And it was owned by many people along the line. So it was owned by a TV company. Squatters were here, colony of hippies, you name it, they were all here. Now, this room in particular, there was a sighting seen by a man who worked for the TV company. Um, they weren't filming that day, so they weren't doing any kind of costume, period, drama, anything like that. And he swears that from where Bridie is standing, a lady walked across the room in white. And she disappeared over the room through those doors. Now that doesn't sound very unusual, does it? This room is not a room. Just like those over there, it's a shallow cupboard. Now, there's something else that happened in this room. I'm quite good friends with one of the clerks who works for Amundsen Town Council. His name's Duncan. And he was in here when this room used to be the war room, the World War II room. There was no one else in the house, he was visiting the house on his own, and it was quite a quiet day. And he said as he turned to leave the room that no one was in, he felt somebody pushing him back quite hard. So he lost his balance and fell forward. And obviously he thought somebody was hiding in here, there was absolutely no one in this room. We're going to head upstairs now. We're going to stop halfway up the landing again. So if you'd like to follow me. So that was all a bit hectic, but just to bring you up to speed, that room is reported to be quite an active room. A woman has been seen walking through doors there, but the doors lead nowhere. And while we were there, we saw what looked like a marble roll across the room from out of the darkness, which on closer inspection was actually a, a button or a bead or something because there are some items of clothing in there on display period clothing that presumably would have belonged to lady l and so it is thought that what we saw rolling across the floor has been removed from the clothing somehow and thrown out of the darkness but after leaving that room, we are now back on the stairs and heading up to the final floor, the top floor for us, at least. There is an attic above us, but that is protected because there's bats in there. So we are now heading up into the darkness as high as we are going to go on this tour. And as we do so, Ronnie stops us to tell us about a sighting that she has seen with her own eyes in this very spot. And you can stand on that bottom step as well if you were upstairs. So. Now I didn't actually see a child. I was on the stairs talking about that picture of children just there. 
when out of the corner of my eye, so I was looking down, I saw the figure of a man standing on the top landing there. He was looking down at me um, as I did the tour. Now, I thought it was one of my colleagues. I thought it was Cledwin, who was going to be with us tonight volunteering, but unfortunately he pulled out. <laughs> so he's not here to confirm this story. And as I looked up, I thought, wow, Cledwin's looking quite annoyed today. It wasn't his face. The figure wasn't there. But when I looked down again, it was still there. Earlier on in the day, we'd done a tour beforehand. And on the same spot as where that was, um, we'd taken some people out who'd suddenly become really ill and that's why I asked you if you feel anything weird do let us know because obviously we don't want anyone falling ill. Um, they had a headache and they felt suddenly really hot and sick so Cledwin had taken them out earlier on in the day and on the same tour um, we'd been on the landing previously and we had to take a different lot of people out who were standing in the same spot um, they also claimed the same symptoms. They both said they felt really sick, and because they were swaying as well, and it's a long way down, Cledwin had also taken them out. So, two different types of people that didn't know each other. The first tour was 12.30, the second tour was 2.30, so it was two hours apart, and this same phenomena happened. And then here we were, exactly as you're standing here, when I saw the figure there. Now, I did think it was Clinton, as I say, and I turned around to see where he was, and he was there, where you're standing, Sean. It definitely wasn't Clinton. So that's a bit of a strange phenomenon that I've seen myself here that I can't explain. And uh, we're going to head upstairs now, like to the top landing. So, Ronnie herself has seen the figure of a man in the past looking down from the spot that we are now standing in and on the way up we heard noises from above us and below us when apparently again there was nobody else in the house and we couldn't explain any of them some thought the sounds downstairs might have been the marble or the beads moving about again but nothing had been moved after checking whereas upstairs we had no idea because we hadn't been up there yet but when we did arrive there and when we arrived at the exact spot where this ghost has been seen we did find a child's toy car which it is assumed made a noise by being pushed along the floor now weirdly in exactly the same spot people's torches started draining and flickering and turning off and things started going bump in the night and it gets a bit chaotic when these banging noises are heard coming from the other side of the wall in a closed room that we haven't reached yet so i've said it before i'll say it again the sound is not very good for this next bit because it gets a bit crazy but bear with me it does calm down eventually I thought I saw it again just then, but it wasn't. Oh, oh, what the hell was oh, that? What was that? It was like someone's written it in there. Right, shall we go on just to see? 
Now, what I saw was definitely out of the corner of my eye. I thought that pillar at the top was the figure again. It wasn't. It was the pillar. But um, I, I think we all heard that, didn't we? Some mm-hmm. like a strange rattle or, or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That um, there's no wind coming up here, is there? Just to confirm. Mm-hmm. And as you'll see, there's rooms behind there, and that's not directly outside, as you'll see in a minute, so I don't really know what happened there. I think I was just telling you about the figure of a lady, wasn't I? Was that downstairs? Where was that? That sounded like that room again, yeah. Is that more? Is it another beat? Right, you won't see if that beat is still on top of the head. I'll go. But it's very strange, it sounded like it came from in there, didn't it? Yeah. Again, I was telling you about the lady. I don't know if the lady wants us to finish this story. She might be with us here tonight. Yeah, so. if you feel a hand on your back, and some people report actually feeling a hand on their back, um, it's as if it's a kindly person helping them up the stairs, which is why this spirit has been labelled as the lady. Um, people sometimes think it's maybe a guardian of the children who's used to making sure that they get safely up the stairs, because after all, it is quite a long way down. Um, so if you feel that as we go upstairs, let us know. Also let us know if you feel a bit unsteady on your feet, because um, that is also what some people feel when they go up here. I just have to say, people don't come up here. This is not a place that public can come. This is, uh, well, you'll see in a minute, we're hoarders, it's full of rubbish, and it is research room. So let's just carefully go upstairs. Yes, and be very careful, obviously it is a lot more down, so. in the banister here which is obviously where it's walked with age. Now did anyone feel anything on the stairs? Um, feel slightly unsteady or? Mm. Yes. Yeah. yeah. How did you feel? Like I couldn't keep still like something was swaying me. Something was swaying? Yeah. Were they pushing you? And it's pointing on my like, car oh, for God's sake. My torch doesn't have a flicker setting it's just on and off. No, that's strange. Wow. No, actually, the other night, people's torches did drain of battery. Bridie, yeah. your phone. My phone was 100% and it went down to 30 It just died. Oh, Now, I have to confirm, we're not making any of this happen, right? Now, I did say that sometimes when we stir things up, um, I think it's just them acknowledging the fact that we're talking about them and it's just them saying, yeah, we are here. Um, since we've been doing this the last few nights, careful, please stay on this side, don't stay forward. This is why I'm standing this side in case something happens. What did Someone that fell on the floor in this room. In that room, is it? Yeah. fell on the floor in this room. It's so loud. It's not like you stand there. Right, we will be going that way in a moment. Sounds on the floor. We'll look in there in a moment. Right. It was the, the car. The car is the car still there? When I shot my torch on the door, it started fluttering. No way. 
Something fell in that room. Then. Oh, it doesn't have that setting. It's just that was loud. Yeah. And actually, that was weird because it was just us talking about how you felt on the stairs, wasn't it? And we were just describing how the spirits maybe confirm to us that they know that we're talking about them. We're obviously not here to harm any spirits, if you can hear us. We're not here to harm you. We acknowledge that you're with us, and we acknowledge that this is your house, and we're just passengers in time here with you. Um, and your house will be returned to you when we're no longer in it. Um, just would like to acknowledge that with the spirits. Now, we're going to head down Creepy Corridor in just a moment, right? Um, you've probably heard that sometimes unseen hands touch you. Lucky. <laughs> um, yes, uh, and as we go down through there, I'd like you to acknowledge the last window that you will pass, okay? So I will lead the way. I don't want to go. That was loud. And so, after catching our breaths, we are now going to head towards that room where the banging sounds were coming from. But to get there, we first have to walk down, and I, I'm not making this up, but we have to walk down what is known as Creepy Corridor. Yes, Creepy Corridor. And as we do so, a group of people notice a strange light moving at the end of Creepy Corridor, which is definitely not a torch beam. So obviously in the same place you saw the lights downstairs, we have just witnessed the phenomena up here in the same vicinity, shall we say, but two floors yeah. up. Yes. But it wasn't a bright flash. It no, was a it wasn't bright. It was almost like a reflection. Yeah, on the end. Um, can we just say there's no light source here? That is yeah. that is what I literally just did. Your light was that? Was it, no, your it, light was facing this. Okay. Yeah, and it wasn't on the whole wall. It no. It was just a beam. Yeah. Like so, a reflection. Like an yeah. orb or? No, it was a line. A line yeah. of light. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. A band of light. Would yeah. Be the best right. Yeah. But it was like reflected light, not bright white. That was scary. So we just witnessed something very strange. If you weren't at this sort of front end coming through there, um, it was you, wasn't it? Yeah. Can you explain to the group what actually just happened in the corridor? Just as you were opening the door, there was a, a band of light moved across the wall, but it wasn't bright white light from the torch mm. from our end. It was sort of yellow or reflected light from the band of light. But it wasn't on the windows, on the wall. Yeah. And we moved in. And it definitely wasn't my no, torch. Yeah, no, no. It, it wasn't white light, it was, it was soft. Your light was light. facing us, not the... Because that's strange, because normally if, if, you know, if there was a reflection, you might think it had come from... So, after surviving Creepy Corridor, where this strange light was seen moving in a strange way, we have now entered the children's quarter where, according to legend, Newton House's most famous ghost, the white lady who is thought to have been strangled by a man she was arranged to be married to, is said to haunt, and where, as a result, people have reported feeling a strangling sensation around their necks, as well 
as an icy coldness in the corner of the room where she is said to have been killed. Now, is there any truth in any of this? Well, I'll hand you back to Ronnie now to explain further. And as you'll discover, that icy coldness didn't just keep humans away from that corner. This corridor, um, the other day, Bridie, here she is, looking scared. Sorry. <laughs> because uh, Bridie had an experience the other night, didn't you, on Friday night? And Bridie didn't... Oh, is that a mobile? <laughs> yes. So, Bridie, um, I'm going to put you on the spot. She hates talking in front of people as well, so she's going to kill me afterwards. So, Bridie, what happened to you the other night? We were in here talking to everyone. I stayed out here, and on this door here, there was a shadow went across one panel and straight back again. I called a colleague out to come with me, to have a look down the corridor and there was nothing there. But I, ha I didn't see it last night, and so far I haven't seen it. Yeah, well we've seen something else tonight, haven't we, which is quite odd. Now I asked you to acknowledge that window, and that was for a reason. Um, we had a storm, and you can tell from tonight, you've all come up when the winds have been quite strong. Um, we had a storm a few years ago, at the end of 2018, where the winds were very strong indeed. and. Um, that window got broken. Now, we are obviously quite high up, and you might think there's something blue against the window, perhaps a tile or perhaps a tree. There aren't any trees actually near the window, are there, Bridie? No. They're all on the other side of the deer park. That is open space there. Now, the glass didn't actually break in, as you would expect if a tile had blown in and hit it. The window broke out, and the glass broke out onto the ground below us. Now that's a strange phenomenon because um, Nigel, who was with us last night, his niece used to have this, um, she, this was an office a long time ago, and you can see why we don't bring people in here, it's the right mess, isn't it? Um, and she had a desk here, and she was called Gemma actually, um, a figure of a child bounded across the floor, and Gemma, Gemma said it jumped out of that window there, that window, <laughs> jumped out. I'm going to shut that corridor off because we've I can hear something walking around. Where from? In the corridor? I can just like hear footsteps. Could that be anyone treading in the spot? Let's shut the corridor. <laughs> there we go. And actually, if somebody was in the corridor, you'd hear the door at the other end, right? Uh, actually, Bridie, what did I say to you when you first came in today? I thought you were messing around with the doors in the house, didn't I? Mm. Yeah, because um, I, I shut some of the doors ready for tonight because the areas were not going. And I heard somebody open and close doors and walk across the wooden floor. And I shouted Holly because I thought it was my manager, Holly, who you met today. But yeah, she, um, I called her and it wasn't her. A few seconds later, she appeared at the front door with some things for tonight to set up. So it can't have been her in the house at the same place at the same time. Um, also, another colleague of mine, Hayley, was with me earlier. She's now gone for the night. Um, she uh, came with me, and as we were both shouting, Holly, expecting Holly to appear, we both heard the door open and close, and no one appeared. I thought it was Colette, our cleaner. She was in the basement, came up, and then I said it must be Bridie, because Holly had played a joke on Bridie yesterday, slammed the door, hadn't she? And you nearly c***ed yourself, didn't you, love? <laughs> Basically. 
But it wasn't you, was it? Because you arrived a couple of hours after that. So mm-hmm. now this room's very strange. There are um, sensors in here. They are linked to our burglar alarm, basically, and they are motion sensors. And it will say if there's an intruder in the building, the sensor will trigger and say there's movement in the room. And it goes straight to the police and it goes straight to our security team. One night, say around 3 a.m., one of the security guys was called out. He's quite a burly chap and he's got a dog with him in our station. And he comes out here quite often. He's quite familiar with the house because our alarms are always going off in the basement. Um, he says the intruder alarm went off in this room. Now, this really is a very strange room for an intruder alarm to go off because if you think about that, it's not as simple as what I've just said. This is two stories high. So that would mean that whoever broke in would break in this room first because no other sensors were triggered in the house whatsoever. And this would be their point of entry. Now it is quite high up, isn't it? Two stories high. Yeah, you look a bit dodgy. Um, yeah, if you were breaking in, <laughs> probably not one two floors high, right? No, no, definitely not. <laughs> You'd probably go for one lower down. Yeah, most probably, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so whatever triggered the sensor in here, the intruder alarm went off in here. Now this security guard came up here with his dog and he said the dog refused to go over that corner of the room there. It was stood cowering at the doorway. Um, he shone his torch around to see what happened and the window just behind you there blew open of its own accord. Now... If somebody's there, if you could confirm that the window yeah. has a latch, yeah, top and bottom. And what bottom. kind of latches has it got on it? Sliding latches yeah. Sliding latches into the woodwork. Yeah. Right. So the security guard actually put the latches into the wood, and he took the latch down. And then the door that you're stood by there opened of its own accord. <laughs> the dog itself wouldn't go near that end of the room. It's hackled to rise. So the security guard uh, left the door open. He thought, well, there's nothing to see in here. There's clearly no intruder. And as he turned to go, the window that he just latched and bolted into the woodwork again blew open in front of his eyes so he told me that he went home and diff- he associated with different spirits when he got in his house that night at 3am sometimes you hear a baby crying in this room I've heard it myself I thought it was a cat trapped because there is a lady that's got cats who lives in the courtyard and I thought one of them must have been trapped in here and was like making some I have to say awful noise it didn't sound like a cat or a baby it was a mixture of the two um, that happened in here and also that mention of the unnamed lover earlier on now there is a, a legend attached to this room um, I don't often tell it because I don't know whether it's true or not myself there's no actual records that this happened it's just a legend that people have repeated about this room so who knows somebody may have made it up along the line maybe on Halloween to scare people, who knows? Um, but the legend goes that there was a Lady Eleanor, not the Lady Eleanor that lived in this house, the Lady Eleanor Cavendish, who um, was one of the Cavendish family in London. Um, 
The legend goes that she knew the Reese family here, or the Rice family as they were known in the... Um, actually, you're Mark Reese, aren't you? I know, a yes. distant relation of these uh, guys. It could be Mark, could yeah. be Mark yes. <laughs> so, yeah, she knew the family, the Rice family as they were at the time, um, and she fled London to escape from this <clears throat> lover whose name we have never caught along the history. It hasn't stayed with us, if it is true. Now, this lover... She didn't want to marry him, so she fled here, where she knew the members of the Rice family. And the lover apparently pursued her, uh, very angry that she ditched him. Apparently, in this very room, in this very corner where our friend Sean is, <laughs> that is where he strangled her to death. So if anyone wants to test the corner out to see if it's actually true, you, you're quite game for anything, aren't you? Would you like to test the corner out? Now, while he's standing in the corner, if we could all just stand very still and see if anyone feels anything in any part of the room, especially that corner. Can you feel anything? You're holding your neck there, that's interesting. Yeah, slightly tense. You're tense in the neck. Does anyone else want to spot places to see um, if you can feel anything? Everyone's scared. You're the youngest one here and everyone's scared, you know? <laughs> anyone want to swap places? I'll go. Okay. <laughs> and sometimes people say in that corner that they feel uh, slightly colder than the rest of the room. Um, it nicer, yeah? Nicer? It doesn't feel nice. It doesn't feel nice. Feels like someone's like kind of behind you. Really? That's interesting. Yeah. A lot of people say that. They feel like somebody's behind them. A lot of people say, like you said, they really feel pressure around their neck in that sort of area, which is slightly strange, um, but only in that area of the room. Yeah. You don't feel that around your neck now. You've not done your top too tightly up. <laughs> <laughs> so you feel somebody's behind you? Yeah. Up against my back. How does it feel? Is it a nice feeling or...? No, not really. No. <laughs> I don't like that. You can step away from that. We'll move on on that note, so we'll leave one... We now move on from the notorious room into the children's room next door, which itself leads into the room we believe those banging sounds were coming from earlier but before we get that far we are going to do some experiments in the children's room first and somebody hears something unexpected from behind the closed door now on some is something happening yeah what's happening like bangs through this door that's just where we're going yeah. next, which is there. Uh, oh, it sounds like scratches. Do you want to step away from yeah. the door? Oh, yes. No. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we will be going through that way in a moment, so you'll see exactly what's there on the other side of the door in a moment. Now, in here, uh, we used to do Halloween sleepovers, and I was quite disappointed that I actually didn't take part in any of them because. That happened the year before I started working here at Dinefer. Um, 
Yeah. Now, the, the Halloween sleepovers, you could choose whichever room you wanted to go in, and some people uh, took, you know, took the opportunity to have some vigils here. They didn't do a Ouija board. As I said, we're not conjuring up any spirits in that way tonight either. Obviously, if the spirits do talk to us, we can talk back, just the knowledge they're there, but we're not asking them for their presence tonight, um, even though they've given us their presence tonight. As I said, this room feels a lot colder than the other room. Um, there was a colleague of mine, Marianne, who worked here um, a couple of years ago, last year was her last year with us, and she told me she was here with another colleague called Kim. They were the right pair, weren't they? Yeah. Yeah. They didn't believe particularly any spirits. They thought it was a right laugh, basically. And they went here with a group of people, including another kind of burly man who was sat by the radiator just there where you're sitting. And they were in here with the light off. Um, and they were in here for quite some time until the man actually said, can somebody put the light on, please? Um, what had happened was he felt the presence of a child just climb into his lap. And he felt a little arm go around his neck. My face has got really dry now we're in here. Does anyone else feel like that here? Yeah. As if like the oxygen's coming out of the room. <clears throat> it's very strange, isn't it? And actually, you'd expect that in a hot room, wouldn't you? So he was sat there and he felt the presence of a child get into his lap and the arm around his neck and he heard a child say in his ear, can somebody turn the light on, I'm scared. Now, Marianne actually said, we don't have any children here tonight because it was an adults only um, evening, but the man insisted there was a child in his lap. And when he turned the light on, even though the pressure of the child was still in his lap, um, there was no actual child on the man. As you know, I like a little experiment. And obviously we're not going to conjure any spirits. Mm -hmm. I'd just like to ask before we do this, is everyone okay with just being in the dark? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, we obviously have the light coming through the window there, so it won't be pitch black. But if you're scared, um, and if you feel more comfortable and you'd rather sit on the floor, you can do that now, before I turn the light off. So, one, two, three. If there is anything here with us, just let us know you're here. We're not here to do any harm and we're not going to bother you any more than tonight. As long as there is anything in here, we will acknowledge you're here and respectfully. Who knocked? Who knocked then? Come on, stop messing around. Who's through this door? Who's through this door that we're going to go through? We'll be going through there in a moment. You see what? Lights in the distance. There's more bands coming from the door. There's more bands? Yeah. Is everyone okay if we turn the light on again? And after all that excitement, we have finally reached that room, which is known as the Haunted Room. It's a bit of a giveaway. It's also known as Walter's Room, where we believe those banging sounds were coming from through the walls earlier. Now, while it might be known as the Haunted Room, unlike many of the other rooms, it doesn't have any legends attached to it or any reports of children playing games or anything but this evening at least something has seemingly been doing its best to attract our attention and we are now 
going to have a look around inside. In here, we used to have a dressing room rail here. It used to be where we kept all our costumes that ended up in the skip last year. <laughs> and my colleague Jo came up here, and it was one of the first things she showed me when I first worked in the house. Um, she... What was that? There's a noise there. Yeah. There's a noise out there. Of those tiny staircases. Well, there is no one up the staircase. Um, in our office. Uh, no, we don't go up there actually. We're not allowed in the attic at the moment because there's bats roosting. Um, so it might be a bat that we've heard knocking. I don't know if bats knock. In fact, they're probably not in there now because bats are out at night. Um, but yeah, we're not allowed in the attic at the moment because um, we've got long-eared bats. They are in most of the attic. And because no one goes in that part of the attic, some of them have moved to roost in there and obviously you can't go near them without a bat licence, which I would love, but I haven't got. So yeah, just to confirm there's nothing there. Um, yeah, back to the story of Jo. So on one of my first days, she said, I'll take you to the haunted room. And I was like, okay, expecting to go over there. But she took me in here and she told me... <gasps> Did you hear that? Yeah. What was that? That was a door slam. Yeah. A door slam. <laughs> <laughs> but it sounded like it was out there, yeah. didn't it? Yeah. Oh, that was scary. There we are. So yeah, I told you things are happening that don't normally happen. That was just to confirm the door. Oh yeah, no, that's insane. Like these spirits don't seem to want us to finish any story tonight, do they? It's it's very strange. Yeah. So Joan took me in here. And she told me that she heard a voice say hello by her ear when she was in here on her own. And obviously she checked all the costume rails. No one was hiding there. She could confirm she heard a voice say hello right next to her. Now we're going to head downstairs. We're going to go very slowly, obviously carefully, because they are steep stairs. Um, and there are all the way into the basement, about three floors, okay? The lights are on. Are you okay? It sounded like someone was like coming down the stairs. Like <coughs> that's what I just said. I think yeah. I heard footsteps. That. That's what I just said to the lady now. When you heard yeah. it there, it was like somebody walking. It was like creaking. Yeah. I'm not doing this next year, okay? <laughs> Thank you, go. <laughs> Like it because seriously, I, I am I do believe that people, if we're talking about them, they want us to know that they're here. You know, if you were, if you were, let's go downstairs. <laughs> 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 because I think that's what they want. They want us to acknowledge they're here. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. For showing us you're here. Again, we don't mean any harm. No. You must stay up here. You've got to come with us. <laughs> but thank you for showing us um, that you are here. I'm going to shut the door. And we're going to head downstairs.
And with that, it would appear the haunted room did, in a way, live up to its reputation. Now, for the final part of this tour, we are heading back downstairs, but not using the same staircase, because we are heading to the servants' part of the house. We are going down a very narrow wooden stairs down into the dark underbelly of Newton House. And these stairs, presumably because nobody would see them besides the servants, are designed to be functional rather than aesthetically pleasing like the other stairs. And as such, they are far less grand, far less fancy, and you can only really fit one person on a step at a time. And we are walking now in single file, as it were. And when we reach the bottom, rather than being together in a group, we have Ronnie at the end, at the bottom, talking to us. But many of us, myself included, are still on the stairs listening to her at the bottom. And as some strange noises start drifting down the stairs, those at the bottom don't really pick it up. But those of us at the back, like myself, hear it quite clearly. This happened a couple of months ago. Um, there was a volunteer called Anne here. Um, just before we opened in the morning, she had, had had some sad news. She won't mind me telling you this. Um, she went upstairs to that top floor in that theatre room to just have a few words. Music! 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 It's pretty loud up here. It's really loud. Yeah. And there was a, it was like a door slam just now as well. I heard that then. Is it, yeah, could be a No, no, it's a music, it's like a music box. You know when you open the box and the ballerina is around? That's very odd, isn't it? Yeah. Can we, I can't hear it now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's stopping now. Thank you. Yeah, I heard a few of those, yeah. yeah. Um, so, oh, Anne. Is it... Yeah, Anne, she went upstairs to where the theatre room was. And yeah, just had a few moments to gather her thoughts because, as I said, she'd had some quite sad news. And um, she thought she heard a piano being played. Now, some of you have been to this house before when there was a piano in the house. There is no piano in the house anymore. Um, and she heard it on the top floor where all that junk is. And obviously, you could see how well, you didn't see it as it was, but there was desks and all kinds of manner of. You've seen it, haven't you, recently? It looks a right mess up there, doesn't it? Um, wouldn't have been able to fit a piano up there. No. And she heard a piano played on the top floor, and she came down white as a sheet and asked me if I'd been playing any kind of music, no? Because I was at the till. Um, she was adamant she heard a piano. Um, if we look at it this way, Anne was quite sad on that morning, and obviously uh, we've felt ourselves that some spirits like us to acknowledge they're there and I think perhaps maybe that the spirits were just trying to um, console Anne or make her feel happy or you know they didn't want her feeling sad or alone up there by herself so that's the only thing that we can explain um, there is no piano in this house 
we don't have any piano music played. So, well, that's, yeah, you've never heard that. And if your nerves can take any more, we are now moving into the final room of this tour, and this is where the servants traditionally could be summoned from. And it would appear that somebody was trying to summon the servants during our time there. Now this chair, if you want to step back, I'm asking to move around quite a lot, aren't I? Um, this chair was the chair that was upstairs in the drawing room. This is the high back chair that I said was a gentleman's chair. Um, the spooky chair. Um, as we've probably just found out, the phenomena wasn't actually attached to this chair. It was probably the spot in the room. Maybe the person who joined us earlier had their own favourite area in that room that they like to sit in their own chair in their own life. But yeah, this chair here, before it arrived last year, there was a battered old chair uh, with some doilies on the sleeves, you know, the sort of things that you see in vintage style houses, should we say, and a little doily on the back there. And in the morning, uh, sorry, in the night when I locked up, I used to tidy it up because people had sat in the chair and straighten the cushion out just as I'm doing here. And I would come in the next day, open the door, and no one would have been in there since overnight. And you can confirm, I do set the alarms when I leave. <laughs> and it was as if somebody had sat in the chair overnight, which is very strange. Um, yeah, this is where people say they feel the presence of the butler. This is where people get confused and say it's Walter the butler. But as we've said before, there are two spirits that are down here, Walter Reese and Mr. Trussler, who didn't want to leave here. He loved the family so much. So also, um, Friday, some weird stuff happened, <coughs> didn't it, on our first night. Mm. Now, we were down here locking up, making sure that everything was secure, all the lights were off. And Friday, it's always you, isn't it, love? I don't know Unbeliever. Why I'm <laughs> she believes after this week. So Friday noticed that that cane there was swinging by itself. You've actually made a film of that. Mark, you saw the film earlier, didn't you? Yep, swinging by itself. So that is the cane that was moving by itself. Now, Obviously, this wasn't a tale we told in the first night because it hadn't happened to us yet. It hadn't actually happened until everyone had gone home. So, God knows what's going to happen when you leave us tonight. <laughs> Bridie, it's just me and you, love, and we'll call Molly down from the office. It's just you. <laughs> Hopefully, Molly's still here then, because, um, yeah, I'll be locking up alone tonight. Um, but, yeah, two chaps last night because this obviously became something that we told on the tour because it's a first-hand experience that had just happened a very recent one um they were standing where you are and they said that they felt a cold presence behind them and one of the boys was arguing with another one because um, he thought somebody had pulled his hood and pushed him in this area it's funny you say that i can feel just on that side feels colder than that side, if that makes sense. And just to confirm, we're here. But there's nobody there. Yeah, and we're near, we're not, we're, the window is here, so you'd expect really the, it to be on your front, maybe. Can anyone else feel anything? It's very cold down here, but I might just be facing the front. 
do another experiment. The final experiment. Can your hearts take one more experiment? Yes. Yeah. Bridie, hmm. I think because we've experienced some strange things that um, maybe we should turn the light off again. And just to confirm everyone is okay with it being dark down here. Obviously, we've got the light in the corridor there. We're not going to be in pitch. pitch oh, that, is that, that light? Oh, everyone's clinging on to it. <laughs> I'll turn the light off when I get to three. Oh, I better turn my torch. One, two, three. What the hell? <laughs> Friday. Was that someone's phone? Or? Yeah. Was that somebody's phone? I haven't got any pockets, so. Well, the thing is, if that bell rang, the cane would be moving with it, because obviously you'd assume the. Uh, Ring the bell if it's the same sound. Yes. Yeah. Was that what you heard? Yeah. And actually, just to confirm, the bell has moved and the cane is now moving with the bell. So if that bell... Now, that experiment with the bell was repeated again and again, and the same thing happened and that wasn't the only phenomena going on in this room some people reported strange smells and strange sensations at the same time but as things descended into chaos once more that's probably a good place to wrap things up because this is becoming the longest episode ever now i'm sure as you've gathered this episode would not have been possible without the amazing ronnie and everyone at the amazing Deneva for allowing me in to record this ghost tour at Newton House. Also, every member of the public who was on the tour with us really got into the spirit of things, pardon the pun, and it was lovely meeting so many new people and hearing so many stories, and I'm sure you heard some of their voices on this recording as well, some of them speaking some of them screaming, some of them swearing. Well, hopefully not. Some of them bleeped out when they were swearing. But it was wonderful to meet everyone. And I think it all came together to make it a Halloween to remember. Now, while this was a Halloween ghost hunt and spooky season might well be over now as I record this, the shops are overflowing with Christmas tat. You can still visit Newton House or any other supposedly haunted place that takes your fancy any time of year. And you can still have a great time keeping an eye out or a year out or a nose out. There were some smells. Maybe you'll smell that cigar smoke. You can go on your own adventure any time of year. And to be honest, sometimes they are the best ones. Doing things at your own pace is often a lot more fun. Or if you'd like to join the experts, if you'd like to join Ronnie for a tour in person, you can, of course, get in touch with Deneva through the National Trust website 
or you can drop them a message on social media. Deneva does have its own Facebook and Instagram pages. And talking about social media, this episode has been something of an experiment for me. And if you did enjoy this kind of episode, please let me know on Twitter, on Facebook or Instagram, and I will try my best to do some more in the future. And next time, I promise I'll make sure the sound quality is a little bit better as well. And if you don't want to miss any of those future ghost tours or any of the other spooky episodes coming up, please consider hitting the subscribe button and you will never miss an episode ever. And if you really enjoyed this episode and you'd like to support the podcast and keep it going, you can buy me a coffee via my website or you can just leave a nice review or give it a quick thumbs up or five stars or whatever the option is on whatever platform you are consuming this on. Finally, as well as this podcast, I've also written a number of books about similar weird and wonderful things, including Paranormal Whales, where you can read all about the ghosts of Newton House and hear a little bit more from Ronnie. You could even take a copy with you to explore the place and they are available from all good bookshops offline and on. And on that note, it just leaves me to say thank you very much for listening. Dioch and Varjaun am Rando. I've been Mark Rees. This has been my Ghosts and Folklore podcast beaming to you from Wales to the world. Until next time, no star. 